Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Welcome to Asian Pop Nation. We started off today's show with a bit of a jazz pop moment. The last song you just heard was Stranger by Zion T. And before that, we played Love, Je T'aime by Japanese singer-songwriter Mahiru Koda. Because following on from Valentine's Day last week, today's show is a bit of a thematic sequel with a lot of talk about romance and relationships, this time in mostly a fictional context. Tonight you'll be hearing from Xenia, Liz, Leisha and Jessie as they'll be discussing ships or relationships from anime and Asian dramas that they have a lot of thoughts about. There's a lot of discussion of older anime series from our childhoods and high school years, so it is a bit of a trip down memory lane for the anime lovers out there. Later on in the night, Liz and Xenia also have a conversation about the not-so-fun real-life exoticization of Asian women but right now we're going to play some more songs, starting off with Little Match Girl by Korean producer duo 015B featuring Min Jong. We've just played three songs, all very sweet songs. Uh, first up, Little Match Girl by 015B featuring Min Jong. After that, we played Enough For Me by Singaporean artist Hong Join. And finally, we played Bam Yang Gang by Korean singer Bibi, which is a very sweet cotton candy type of song. If you're not familiar with Bibi, she is an artist who is more well known for this sort of edgy bad girl image. So this is a very out of left field release for her. It feels a bit tongue in cheek, but it is also a good song. Right now we're going to embark on the first instalment of a series of talk segments all about anime ships. This first one is all about Orin High School Host Club. It's time for a romance type of beat. Um, <laughs> since it's romance and we're sort of an Asian pop culture show, something that's quite common to see within the sphere of anime, K-dramas, even K-pop, I suppose, is ships. So I suppose... Some of us have some strong feelings about ships from various stories and shows that we like. Um, whether they're canon or not, I guess we'll find out. Starting with, I suppose, one that we, perhaps you have heard, it's pretty much um, anime must-watch or on High School Host Club. Kiss Kiss, Fall in Love, you know. Gosh, it's, it's an old show now, but... It is. Um, I suppose a lot of people probably are familiar with the concept. A girl um, disguises herself as a guy to get into this prestigious school, finds herself with this high school's host club, and is surrounded by a lot of attractive young men. And so she ends up with one particular guy, but I think because there's so many options, <laughs> there's definitely a few to pick from within the, the fan base. So I suppose Liz, you didn't quiet think that she should have ended up with Tamaki is that right I feel like I think with the manga Tamaki makes more like sorry I've gone straight American so this is this is the energy <laughs> we're going um I really think that she should have ended up with one of the twins because oh I thought they were God. really cute together and that's it we'll start <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at because like I I was I'm, I've been re-watching the anime because the anime wasn't fully fleshed out when it ended so yeah I feel like a lot of people who maybe would agree with my sentiment would have only watched the anime because in the anime she ends up with the the main love interest but because it's not fleshed out at all it just feels like it happened out of convenience rather than like a true match hmm. and the twins and her have had more moments together i say no more don't nod your head i'm here to disagree <laughs> on this <laughs> 
Fight me, come on, come on, fight me, let's go. I am, oh my gosh, the moment you said, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll give Liz points if she thinks, like, maybe Haruhi should have been with, like, like Mori or whatever. No, they're all like, platonic. They are literally all platonic except the twins and... And the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have given you a pass there. I would have kept my mouth closed. And then you mentioned it's one of the twins. Uh, I... Guys, Haruhi and <laughs> Haruhi and Tamaki, they are the golden ship to me. And I don't care what you have to say. They have more <laughs> moments in mm -hmm. the anime together like i know the one scene everyone brings up is what what the twin is hikaru right he's the one that has like the more yeah. scenes with haruhi that are very romantic adjacent um and it's the one where she, because haruhi one of her character traits is that she's really scared of like thunders and stuff and then there's that one scene Basically, blah blah blah. What ends up happening is like what he puts like the headphones on her so that she doesn't I know, hear it, and like, it's all so I... cute. Well, guess what? Tamaki also has a scene like that where she's scared of the thunder, but she's hiding in the closet, and then they yeah. opens the door and she rushes into his arms, and that's just it, baby. That's romance. Like I agree, but also on the other hand, with Haruhi, she like pulls him out of his shell. Which is why I'm like, that is very, like, that's a very wholesome interaction because the whole, like, ideology behind the twins is that no one really understands them besides each other. And also, no one can really, like, truly tell them apart. Tell them apart, yeah. Hate. And I, I feel like that, her. that is a very cute concept that they could have played with. Cute! <laughs> that's cute. I respect it. Um, but, oh, uh, maybe, okay, maybe this is just a me problem because in past APN episodes, We've unpacked that I have a thing for characters that have a blonde hair or platinum blonde or white hair. And so you're biased. Tamaki <laughs> falls under that line. Yes, he's kind of annoying. Yes, he kind of has a really weird thing where he keeps calling Haruhi like my child or like I'm your I'm your dad type thing. Yeah, um, like, why is that the shit that they that? went with? Yeah, what was that about? But he he changes, guys. He he changes. He changes. Uh -huh, and that last uh -huh. episode, that last episode meant everything to me. And I'm so mad that for a show that has like a theme song being like "Kiss Kiss Fall in Love," they don't kiss at the end. She didn't when do any kissing. They just like they had a nice hug moment as they fell off that bridge thing. Yeah, out off the carriage. <sighs> oh my gosh. This is, <laughs> this is just maddening stuff. Oh my gosh. Any of y'all with very strong stance about Orin High School Host Club besides me and Liz, or else we will be constantly like, pa pa pa. My, <laughs> I, my I, stance I'm is not your, strong. I'm on your team, Oh my god, Daniel's on strong, guys. Let me rephrase. Look, look, I, I'm very much a sucker for romance, but I tend to just go with the main ship and any love triangle I despise. I'm oh like, yeah. You're not. You don't need to be in the picture. You don't need to stir drama. There's oh, enough drama just so getting these two fun. people to communicate to each other. <laughs> no! It's a headache. I know um, the biggest thing that people always mention about Haruhi and Hikaru the twin is that the voice actors for those two characters are actually married in real life. Yeah. So that's the thing people always bring up. I was like, well, well, it kind of is real in real life. So technically they won. So screw the manga. If you want to watch an anime that they do get together, the two voice actors and the characters they play, you should watch Garden of Sinners. 
Oh, that's a good romance. Dude, Go Xenia with the Rex. Oof, she's so fast with yeah. it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let me run you down the four songs that we just played. First up, Ah by Chili Beans. We followed that with Piao Mu, which translates to Driftwood by the Taiwanese band Lucy, not to be confused with Korean band Lucy. After that, we played Wan Wu Jie Yu by another Taiwanese band called Jade. And finally, we played Apex by Korean band Silica Gel from their very good album Power Andre 99. And now, coming up in this next segment, the Asian Pop Nation team will be continuing our discussion of romantic relationships in anime, this time giving our opinions on Fruits Basket, Freerun, and Spy X Family. I see that there's like a long list of other shows that people want to talk about as well with their favorite ships of all time or ones that they're very passionate about. Fruits Basket being one of it. Now who would put that one down? Um, I did, but it's like, again, similar concept. Girl just ends up being not really in a harem, but just surrounded by a lot of guys. And boom, if she touches them or embraces them, they turn into members of the Zodiac. Ha, Lunar New Year. How fitting. Um, <laughs> but what is... Um, what I guess is the controversy, I think, among fans of the Fruits Basket community is whether she should have ended up with Yuki, who is the rat, or Kyo, who uh, technically the cat isn't a member of the Zodiac, but I guess it depends on if whether you follow the Vietnamese like um, Lunar New Year calendar. But yeah, so I'm not sure, Liz, if you watch Fruits Basket, if you have any opinions or any... Yeah. Not strong <laughs> ones. I just like okay. I'm, I think I'm a sucker for like a bad boy, which is why I like her with the cat. But oh, I think yeah. that her with the rat, her with the rat, like kind of makes sense too. I guess yeah, it's been fair. a really long time since I've read like and seen fruit ba- fruits basket. That, that is fine. Um, look again. I tend to be very much basic. Um, and go with the main ship. But I think before I spoiled myself and found out who she ended up with, um, I was kind of team Yuki for a while because he's like very mature and very soft-spoken and calm, whereas Kyo is very like hot-headed. But then Yuki said that I love her like a mother and then that just turned me off completely. (laughs) Not as a friend? Not even as a friend, as a mother? My like, man as has someone who has mommy her, issues. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, all of them have issues. They all love Toru, the main character, in their own way. But I think with Yuki, um, yeah, his mother abandoned him and probably saw like a consoling figure in the main character, um, which is fine. I think it was just a like stamp of okay, like from the manga artist to everyone, don't ship them. They're not going to be together. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I think in the end, um, Kyo does become a bit more softer around the edges, and I feel like um, they complement each other quite a bit and learn learn from each other throughout the journey. But Um, that's, like, such a normal trope that, like, it's always, like, the bad boy always ends up with her because she's, like, taught him how to love. (laughs) And be gentle and kind. Which I feel sets a really bad precedence because it's like, oh, girls want to be with guys who like maybe aren't very nice to them because you'll teach them how to change. I can fix him! (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I love romance because it's like a fantasy. (laughs) But take take it with a grain of salt. If the guy turns into a cat when you hug him and he's a bad boy, probably some issues there. 
Maybe unpack why he's turning into a cat <laughs> first, and then we'll get to the other ones later. Uh, but the next ship, I believe you put it in, Jesse. Um, it's Freyren. Yeah. Oh, Freyren. So Freyren Beyond the Journey Then is a series that I've been kind of really into lately. And basically it's about this elven mage that was part of this hero party that defeated the Demon Lord, a very classic story. But instead of following their journey into defeating the Demon Lord, they follow their journey afterwards. Um, and so the ship I want to talk about is with Freyren, the main character, and the hero of the party, Himmel. And the reason why it's sad is because her journey after the big adventure they had begins after Himmel's death, and she realizes that she did not take the time to get to know him. And then, like, throughout the series, and also, spoiler warning again, major spoilers for the entire series, I cannot talk about it without it. Um, so throughout the entire series, you start to get, like, little flashbacks and little memories about, like, how much um, Himmel actually cared for her. And there is like one specific scene in a flashback where Himmel was like, Himmel and Freeman was in front of the stand full of jewelry and he was like, oh, pick something out as a like reward for like defeating the Demon King. And Freeman just randomly picks up this ring, right? Very randomly, gave no thought to it, picked up this ring. Um, and in present time, we find out that the flower that's kind of engraved on this ring, I think means like inter eternal or undying love. And so Himmel obviously knows what that means. And he gets it for her. And then later in like one of the other scenes, he literally like bends one knee and puts the ring on her as if he proposed. And it's just like, it's just the most bittersweet. That scene really hit me because it's just the most bittersweet thing. Like he's dead now. There's no potential for them to like actually get together in any form. And I'm not even sure if Freeran had feelings for him anyway. So it was probably like really one-sided from his point of view. And he like kept that, a secret throughout his entire life um because elves in this story are really long living and el like freeman i think is like over a thousand years old so like just a very very sad ship um yeah i could probably talk more about it if someone else here actually watched the show but no one else does so i'm just gonna suffer in pain alone um but yeah aside from my rant about freeman that is very sad you guys should everyone who's heard that and is like, I still want to watch it, despite the spoilers I just heard. Definitely should go watch it. It is a very good series overall. Very sad as well, but lots of action. Very good. Uh, moving on. I don't know who put this here, but Spy X That's Family. That's me again. Sanya! Spy X Family? Family? Okay, okay, okay. When we're talking about ships, obviously I've been reiterating that I'm very basic. But there's some other ships that have like different categories in my mind. And it's like the ship category of why don't you just get together already and also the ship category of um i'm not sure how i feel about this so spy x family's one mainly because look it's cute it's about a family it's not really romantic i get it any kind of romance like romantic um connections are mainly like comedic yeah but we know where it's gonna go they they love each other as a family now. It's more than the mission. Let's just get to the part where they're all actually mom and dad, and they love each other, and they love Anya like it's like their kid. I just want to get to that moment. Um, it's all fun. I like the journey. It's great, but I want there to just be a bit more of a scattering of development. Yeah, that's just my that's my two cents. If anyone has wants to cast their ring. Yeah. No, I mean, you're so real for that. I mean, I know, like, Spike's family, that's not, like, the 
they're they're clearly doing something else with the plot. I don't even know what is happening. It's just life, like funny, haha, hee hee, family, yeah, type stuff. But your and Lloyd, come on now. <laughs> I'm sorry. They just, I'm frustrated. I don't even keep up with it anymore because I'm like, it's the same stick over and over again of them like having a moment that's kind of romantic, but they're like. Oh my gosh, ha, ha ha funny. And then they just move on. Like, you're joking. You're joking right now. Ugh. As, like, someone who's just started watching this show, finding out that they're still not together is very <laughs> annoying. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I, I really... was expecting them to be together. That was, I was expecting full spoilers. You were like, yeah. oh yeah, Nothing they're about changed. to save. Yep. It, it's kind of the same. Yeah, at least from what I've seen. And there's like a movie and stuff coming out, and it's all like that ain't it's it. it's still not go- gonna revolve <laughs> around their romance development, you know? It's not gonna it's just happen. your fun little adventure with the family. Woo! Let's see what happens now. Um, yeah. We've just played four songs. First up, LFG by local artist Jackie. After that, we played a couple K-pop tracks and mixes Boom. And secondly, Killing It by P1 Harmony, which recently netted them their first music show win. Congratulations, boys. After that, we played Pure Rage by Changmo featuring Street Baby and Core Cash. I love this song so much. I love how it sounds like a soundtrack to a fighting video game. And I love the fact that it's called Pure Rage. Our next segment doesn't really have anything to do with Pure Rage. In fact, it's quite a wholesome segment. This is going to be the last of our series on ships. For tonight, we'll be discussing the anime Violet Evergarden, as well as a couple TV dramas, Ghost Bride and Our Times. The other one I've got, I'm not sure if anyone's seen Violet Evergarden. Um, I write questionable ship here because... (laughs) Oh, yay, Jesse! Um... So I think you might know where I'm going here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, um. So, so Violet Evergarden is the main character, and she, from a young girl, was like trained to be a war machine, technically. So she didn't have any emotions. She doesn't know what love is. And so when the war is over and she's killed all of these men, um, she's on a quest to find out what the meaning of love is because her, um, what's the term? Her commander said, I love you or something like that to her. Um, mind you, she's like a young girl, maybe like 14, 15, I don't know, it gives me that impression of her just being very young and she'd been groomed to be a war machine, and then her commander who's like maybe 30 or something, being like, I love you, to a girl that doesn't have any emotions or any personality. Um, so she goes on this quest to try and figure out like what love is, and it's really nice, it's like a, every episode is about her being a letter writer for people who want to convey their feelings to someone they love. Um, That's cute. There's that episode oh. about a mom who's dying and she wants to write letters to her young kid um, in case, you know, like when she passes, her daughter will have a letter each year from her. Anyway, that's a sidetrack. But in the movie, the they reunite. Ta-da! The commander is um, alive and they reunite and they... I don't know, uh, are now boyfriend and girlfriend, and I just don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. Like, from, like, with if you purely watch the anime series, at least from my point of view, like, when they when the commander said, I love you, I purely saw that as, like, what, a father-daughter kind of thing, like, that mm. love. And I was, like, throughout the, a- the anime series itself, I was like, 
this makes sense. This makes sense. There's nothing romantic going on here. And then the movie comes and just bulldozes all that what? right off, right off. Uh, yeah, I still don't know how to feel. Especially because the movie itself was a very, like, good movie. Like, yeah. In terms of, like, cinematically, like, yeah, it's a very good movie in that sense. It just gives me such mixed feelings about the romance part. Yeah. <laughs> Sour note, Ghost Bride. Someone just put down Ghost Bride. Oh, me. Yeah, <laughs> y'all did not want to unpack. And y'all didn't want to unpack that Violet Evergarden one too long. Damn. Sorry, I thought <laughs> I was gonna keep going. No, no. Our final, our final statement is it was a bit strange. <laughs> just a bit, just a tad. Um. I just, I don't have, like, a lot of strong opinions about ships, so I just put down ships that I liked, um, or were, like, kind of cute, um, but Ghost Bride has basically, it's, like, a bit of a love triangle, because it's, like, a who's she gonna end up with, and the mm. canon ending is that she ends up with the, um, mysterious deity, um, but it's basically based in Malacca, it's, um, a book that was turned into a Netflix show, so I would definitely recommend checking it out. Especially all my Southeast Asian homies, because <laughs> you'll understand it. <laughs> the um, book or the show? Both of them. They're both based on. Um, the book was written by a Malaysian uh, author, so Ooh. like pretty cute. But it's basically like this girl ends up in the afterlife, and she's like promised to um this deceased man from a different family. She doesn't really want to end up with him, so she's got like a love interest, a main love interest. And then she slowly kind of ends up having a thing with this mysterious deity that she's working alongside to solve, like, a problem that's happening in the afterlife that this family is involved in. That is my unspoilered, um, tea. <laughs> I think I just put it down because I was- I really wanted to see more from the two of them, and the show ended and never got renewed. So the ending is, like, full-on, just, like, that. a cliffhanger. Oh, no! I was, so I was like, to watch it. me too! I hate when, like, the when the romance is just getting somewhere and then you just, you never see it again. Oh, my Can I, gosh. Can I, like, spoil the ending? Do people care? Now that you said that it ends on a cliffhanger, it's never gonna continue. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> but, okay, basically, the reason that it frustrates me so much, I guess the two that I've put down are just, like, very frustrating endings. Um, the reason it frustrates me so much is just because, like, the implications that it ends on is that she will meet his family, and, like, basically she ends up with the deity who then you find out is a dragon, T. Um, because of some reasons during the show, she does end up having, like, a bit of his powers embedded in her, and she's also gonna- basically dragons age slowly, she's gonna age slowly too, and she's just like, I wanna go on these cool, cool life adventures with you, and he's just like, damn, my family is weird, if you thought that family was crazy, my family's worse, and she's just like, I can hack it, and then it ends. Stop. Oh, that's- And you're like, fam. <laughs> I want to see them go on these cool adventures. Adventures! Like, give me the development! More! Please! Oh! Bad, bad, terrible, terrible. That's frustrating. And then you said, what, the other one you also put on this list equally <clears throat> frustrates you? <gasps> um, uh, it's called Our Times. I really like it. Taiwanese t movie. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, you know, earlier I was shit roasting about how it's really bad that we have the trope of people ending up with the bad guys. Um, I would like to redact that statement because <laughs> she she doesn't end up with the good person. Oh. 
it follows the stereotypical trope of like you know the bad boy is like actually secretly deep down a good person he's soft he's um, got a soft side but you oh my gosh the storyline is basically the bad boy and the main character end up becoming like making a deal he wants to end up with so she has a crush on this guy who's like prefect head boy you know golden boy of the school mm -hmm. and he likes the girl that the golden boy is dating so they make a kind of like they get together to like work together to split the other two apart so that they can each end up with the partners oh okay right that's like these. the vibe but then as it slowly goes in stereotypical like romance drama they kind of like fall for each other Honor. and like and she she's oblivious to all of it until pretty much the end i think she realizes that she has feelings for him in like true fashion but it's frustrating because um and this is a huge spoiler to anyone that wants to watch it um so stop me now if you don't want to find out what happens <laughs> but uh they don't end up together oh whoa i hate it so much <gasps> wait so like they they don't end up together but it's like because they got together with their, I guess, respective people that they were they were trying to get in the first place, or just like nothing. Oh, yeah, so, okay. So, so basically, what ends up happening is he's like considered like these schools like bad boy, like he's like a violent gang member kind of oh, vibes. But okay. he's like really, really sweet to her. He's like not at oh, all a bad person. He takes care oh. of her. He looks out for her. He like does everything for her. And you see in this giant montage at the end all these moments where like she's been like where they're working together to split the other two apart he's slowly falling for her and he's just not telling her because he wants her to be happy because he loves her and you see in the montage moments all these like clips of when she's walking off and she's turned away from him he looks so sad and so upset and so depressed yeah! that he's sending her off to this be with this other guy and basically she's trying to make him like she's trying to keep him in the school because like he's at risk of dropping out and what ends up happening is just a really big fight she she's like he's protecting her and he ends up getting i think really really injured or he ends up in a gang fight he gets really really injured but she ends up thinking he's left school because he dropped out but actually his dad moved him to the states because it was the only place that they could get surgery for him and they never speak again until you time jump about oh. like 30 years into the future where she's like we don't know who she's with i think the the implications are that she ends up with the guy that she originally has a crush on it's just not okay. that happy okay right but she ends up going to a jay cho um concert and it's a huge callback because she's a huge jay cho fan she loves him so much she's like this like absolute dork like she's not like the pretty girl she's like the nerd and Ooh. He promises her very early in the show, I will get you tickets. Like, you will meet Jay Cho. I will make this happen. And at the end, he shows up and, like, he works for Jay Cho. That's like the, yeah. Stop. It made me cry. <laughs> this show fully made me cry. And they don't end up together. Uh -uh. But they meet at the end. And I think, like, it's kind of one of those moments where you're like, okay, maybe, maybe they <laughs> end up together. They're grown up, they're matured, it's we're, we time skipped. There's something gonna happen, right? And then it's like show over. Ta da! But yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really cute because she, like, there's like a lot of moments between the two of them, and she doesn't know he loves her. And he That's also so kind painful. of, like, in a way, ends up with the girl he wants to be with. Uh -huh. But he's only doing it so that she doesn't know. Yeah, that's my long winded our times breakdown. So oh sorry to anyone gosh. that had to listen to that. <laughs>
<laughs> Would it be also our time for this session to end? It may well be. It may well be. We've just played four beautiful songs. The first of these was Suki Suki Daisuki by South Penguin, a song that sounds like sitting on a beach on a tropical island. After that, we played another Japanese band, Rubens, with their song Kafune from their recent EP, Ripple. We followed that with a song called Quantum Entanglement by Taiwanese singer Verna which is the title track from her newest EP. And finally, we played DKSI by Filipino artist Jika Marie from her EP Lover Girl. This next segment is a bit of a 180 from the very lighthearted um, topic, fictional ships, that we've been talking about on the show so far. Basically, Liz and Xenia went on Reddit to look for inspiration on what to talk about today and ended up having a conversation about the history and cultural context of Asian fetishization. So before we start, or I guess to start us off, me and Xenia were kind of doing a bit of pre-show prep. We were looking for different topics to maybe discuss through Reddit searches. And one of the craziest things that I found was I'm like, I'm not logged in at all before anyone comes for me and says, this is my search history acting up. But I typed in the word Asian into Reddit and my first result was porn. And pretty much every result after that is just all NSFW. And none of them are like, like, when I say NSFW, I don't mean, like, oh, it's just, like, swear words. I mean, like, straight up implications of porn. I don't understand. I feel like it says a lot. About how people view Asian women. <laughs> kind of. Like, we talked about this a bit last week, like, with Asian fetishization. God, big word. And, like, I don't get why that's, like, so prevalent, in my opinion, at least. You talked about some of your experiences in terms of yellow fever last show but yeah what is, what do you think it is because i feel like it probably comes down to historically right in terms of yeah like do we think war yeah <laughs> yeah i was i was the modern yeah perception from that it could be like remnants of the past because i i was about to say exactly what you were saying which is just the idea that it, it could be the fact that a lot of Western representation of Asian people, at least for the longest period of time, was, or like, maybe not representation, but their interactions with Asian people were during like war eras, where a lot of the women they interacted with were like comfort women. Hmm. Yeah. Very Have bad, you seen not good. Miss Saigon? I've heard of Miss Saigon. I, I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but I've heard some of the soundtrack. Okay, yeah. I went to watch it with my parents when it oh, came to Melbourne last year. As, as I was watching it, I was like, this very much, because it's based on an old opera called Madame Butterfly, which is very much a white saviour story or narrative. And there was this nice underlying kind of strength in the main character. But the fact that she sort of threw herself on this man who didn't who decided to marry another woman an american woman when he returned to america and then she spoiler alert um and trigger warning decides that if she can't be with him she'd rather die i don't know if that's sort of helplessness or reverence towards white men still exist or in 
I don't know, men's imaginations? Yeah, I mean, the biggest song in, like, the show is called, like, A Movie In My Mind. And mm. basically, it's, like, what, like, she's just talking about falling in love with these soldiers that are, like, I guess, like, because it's a movie in their mind, it's, like, this ideal dream for them is that this GI will end up, like, dropping everything and then take them to New York. So there's, like, this idea of, like, being saved by the white person. And I say that a lot as well within the Philippines is this, again, a similar, like, reverence for all things you American. And, yeah, often, even in the case of my grandmother, she went to the U.S., and married a U.S. citizen so she could move over there. But there's a lot of stories like that, and there are some degrees of that kind of romance and love being a factor, but also the fact that maybe part of that love and romance is tied to what he can provide for you and for your family. Yeah, which I feel like that sets such a bad precedence in the sense that because of that being maybe what what is what has happened historically, which is so fair, and I understand where it's coming from. It has set this like image that, you know, people, especially from like Asian countries, like Southeast Asian countries, or just in general Asian countries, are getting together with Westerners like they are gold diggers. Like we we saw that a lot with like shows like you know, um, Fifty Day Fiance. Yeah. 30 Day Fiance? 30 Day Fiancé. A very like, short time fiancé. Yeah, the, the fiancé show on TLC. We all know what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but we see that a lot where, like, it's a lot of times they're portraying these women or, like, the the foreigner out to be, like, this very bad, bad person. Mm. Who's, like, taking advantage of this, like, poor um Western men. A lot of the times, sometimes it is genuinely that's what's happening. Very, it, it's very unfortunate that's what's happening, but it's also mm. like it's like kind of messing things up for everyone else in a way. Yeah, and I wonder as well. Like, for example, I've been in a very long term relationship with my boyfriend, who is English. Yeah. He's white, and it makes me wonder if that's how people perceive us from a distance. Which, I don't know if it's just internal, like, internalized, or if it is just because that's the only sort of relationships I see within my Filipino family friends that are of that kind of um, beneficiary sort of relationship. It makes it feel as if I don't have agency, or I don't have that kind of, that independence in terms of, like, as if I was waiting for some white guy to pick me. And I think that also stems from, if you think about it on the flip side, a lot of the threads I see on Reddit are of Asian guys asking, why don't Asian women like me? And this sort of inferiority feeling towards white men, and I wonder if that's how people see it. That's such a valid thought. I think I've... I've had the privilege of never having to really think about that too deeply just because I am very much, you know, I'm, I'm mixed. So I, I look very white in some situations, mm. especially when I, because I, I lived in Singapore for pretty much all my life. So in Singapore, I'm, I'm very much perceived as a foreigner. So I've never had that, yeah. like, I've never had to think about, oh, is, do people look at me like I'm dating white men because, you know, 
I want something from them. Yeah. So it's really interesting to hear like your perspective on this. And I think it might also just because I be because I look younger. We're, we're, you know, obviously in our twenties, and I think maybe that perception is reserved for people perhaps more middle age, or if there's a very large disparity in age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think that definitely plays a part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, how do we change people's perception, Liz, on (laughs) agents being subject of porn to be honest i think a lot of it would be very much like improving the way that we are represented in media especially mainstream media and i think i I do genuinely feel that a lot of it's going down because you know social media you you now have like mainstream influencers that are predominantly asian maybe maybe i get it because i am interacting with them more but i i think the fact Mm. that there are so many of them that it says enough um and i also think just the the fact that asian people are getting more i guess like main media mainstream media representation in a way that is so normal like fresh off the boat's not even new um you've got like i mean as much as i hate it crazy rich asians but also just like the fact that K dramas are becoming so mainstream and normalized now, I think is definitely kind of bringing everyone's perception of perceptions of Asian people like to a very different like direction. Granted, shows like Crazy Rich Asians have made us now look like we're all rich, but that's its <laughs> own thing. That's um, another stereotype. Oh my gosh! Then we'll have to talk about stereotypes on like international students and yeah, in Melbourne. Oh my god! I yeah yeah yeah. There's definitely <laughs> a lot to say, but I think I think a lot of it really genuinely would be the way that people are represented in media, and I don't even mean just Asian people. I also mean like everyone else that isn't like I guess a cis white person and i also feel, just feel like if you're listening to this and you realize you don't actually interact or talk to many asian people you probably should um <laughs> helps helps to humanize us a lot more that's Maybe true like, like <laughs> i think trying to like widen your net of like communities that you interact with is definitely something that helps Thinking and looking into how Asian people are perceived and how historically entrenched those attitudes are is pretty demoralizing. Really all that we can hope for is that people of the future will be less ignorant than people of the present and really the only way to do that properly is through everyone interacting with real life people who are different to them. By the way, if you are of unique age and live in Melbourne, Asian Pop Nation is looking for more people to join the team. You can come join us as a host or behind the scenes by emailing me at asianpop at sin.org.au. Please don't hesitate. We'd love to have you. This is Asian Pop Nation rounding off the show tonight with some KR&B. We just played four songs, starting with Band-Aid by Silly Silky. After that, we played 25 by Ocean from the Blue and De Chul by Beanie. And finally, that last song was What Can I Say by Soki featuring Shirt and Goni. 
And I guess I don't have much left to say to you all tonight because we've reached the end of the show. Thank you very much for joining the Asian Pop Nation team tonight of myself, Leisha, Liz, Xenia and Jesse. You can keep up with our updates on Instagram and Linktree by searching up Asian Pop Nation. And we'll be joining you again next week, as always, on Tuesday at 8pm, live on the radio on sin.org.au and also in the Melbourne area on 90.7 FM. We'll be playing ourselves out with a few more songs, starting off with I'll Get Off by Im Dai. And in the meantime, good night.